You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Strange Familiars. How are you doing tonight, Allison? I'm doing well. On tonight's show, we have a mixed bag. It's going to be kind of three parts. Two are related, in a way. We're going to be talking to Kane and Frank. They both saw these entities that were kind of composed of smoke. Kane saw kind of like shadow people, but he said they, they almost looked like they were wearing suits of smoke, and you could see inside of them. You can kind of see beings or people or something inside of them. And then Frank saw these creatures. Now, they don't know each other. I interviewed them separately, you know, a few weeks apart. Frank saw these smoke creatures that came into his room. And he said they kind of had these almost like an ape-like quality to them and really grotesque faces. They sound almost like elaborate masks or something that they were wearing in a way. These really goggle eyes and exaggerated mouths and stuff. But they had this more like simian kind of aspect to them. But he said they looked like they were composed of smoke. At least some of them did. So that would be neat to put those two stories together. Before we do that, we're going to be doing a new segment that we're calling High Strangeness in Helm. Now, Helm has a special place in my heart as far as weirdness in general and strange familiars in particular because the very first episodes we did on Toad Road, of course, Toad Road is in Helm. Site 7 is in Helm. Cador's Furnace is in Helm. The Shoe House is in Helm. <laughs> the Shoe House is in Helm. The Akamak, the haunted Akamak is in Helm. It's filled with strangeness. And I was contacted by a man named Dylan who saw my books at your stand in American Daydream Antiques in York. And he said, I'd like to talk to you about some stuff that happened in Helm. He didn't read my books. He just saw my books. And I think they gave him my card there in the store or something. He hasn't listened to the podcast, so a lot of what he's talking about rings bells that we've heard on the podcast and stuff. He doesn't know this. He's not influenced by that aspect. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really neat. But everything he's talking about has happened in Helm as well. And we're going to be doing a whole series with Dylan. He's got a bunch of different stories. We're kind of going to present them one at a time in this series. 
High Strangeness in Helm. And I think we might continue from there because we've got some leads on some other very, very interesting stories in the Helm area. Before we get to our stories tonight, I want to announce that I will be, thus far, we haven't canceled it. So on September 18th, I'm going to be at the John R. Kaufman Jr. Public Library in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. I'm going to be giving a talk on Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, kind of based on my book. If you have stories of Bigfoot, if you're local and you've seen Bigfoot and you're attending, definitely want to hear your stories as well, if you want to share them. And I'll be talking a little bit about the Albatwitch. They wanted me to talk a little bit about the Albatwitch as well, since it's local. I will have my books there to sign and sell. That's Saturday, September 18th. Chad may or may not be with me. I think he was planning on coming with me. I'm not sure if he will or not. Someone will be with you. <laughs> Someone will be with me to help sell books and so forth. So far, you know, well, I haven't canceled that one. I think I'm going to... As of right now, things look okay for you to continue. Yes, yes. I didn't go to Creature Feature this year because I'm a little worried about COVID and being inside. Or I'm not going to Harrisburg Comic Con, which is the same day as my talk in Sunbury. I was originally planning to do that, but I'm not going to do that either. It's Again, it's inside. I don't know how many of these events I should do. I figure at the talk, I'll probably be up front, you know, not amongst a crowd of people. Yeah, and I would ask if anybody did want to talk later that maybe we can move those conversations outside. Yeah. Mm, Just yeah. for everyone's sake. Masks and social distancing and so forth. Uh, my meds have my immune system pretty compromised at this point, so we just have to be careful in terms of COVID and the Delta variant and all that. At this point, I'm still planning to do Alpha Twitch Day, which is the second Saturday in October. I think Chad's going to be there. I'm not sure if Chad and his wife and his dog are all coming like they did last time, but I know Chad himself will be there. Again, should have all my books, and there I can have my art prints and have the whole setup. If you want to come out to Alba Twitch Day in Columbia, Pennsylvania, by the river, would love to see you. Well, let's get into this new segment, High Strangeness in Helm. Now, Dylan has had a number of experiences, all in Helm. He's actually had experiences throughout his life, but this group of experiences he talks about were kicked off after he did a documentary. He made a documentary about these other guys and their UFO experiences. And they actually warned him, like, they felt that they had alien contact and so forth. Mm -hmm. And they said, people that come into our life and, and get close with us, they tend to get contact as well. And they kind of warned him about it. And then it kind of started happening. And he has a number of really strange experiences. Tonight, we just kind of lay it out. And we talk about the first of his experiences. After he makes a documentary, he starts seeing UFOs and some other strange things start happening. And it just gets weirder from there. So this series is going to be really cool. Hopefully everybody will stay tuned from part to part because I think it's really great. I like that we have Dylan for multiple episodes. We can just break yeah, up. Yeah, I like things. the little segments. And yeah. did we ever go over like the bizarreness of over the name Helm and how certain people didn't like the fact that it had hell in it? Hell in Helm. So they took the hell out of Helm. Went on like a certain level, a county level, but not in the town level. I forget. Like, yes. sometimes it's Hallam. So, so it's the borough of Hallam in the township of Hellam. So the township is Hellam. Inside of that is the borough of Hallam. And this is a, a very late addition within the last 20 years, right? Yeah. But it's changed from. Yeah, they were both Hellam before. And then people didn't like that there was hell in the name of Hellam. Okay. So they changed it. One thing I have to say about that is, you know, with the, the whole Toad Road, Seven Gates of Hell, I do think the name Helm in some way helped that legend to kind of stick That there. doesn't make a lot of sense, actually, yeah. Yeah, it's like word association or, or something like this. 
All right, so we'll play part one of Dylan in this episode. And, and this then, is like a serial. And this a new series, High Strangers in Helm. We'll follow up with more from Dylan. And then I think we're going to have some more stories from the Helm area as well. We might continue beyond him, but we will have several segments with Dylan. So we're talking with Dylan, and we talked before we met, and you told me your stories. I wanted to capture these for the podcast. I want to document them. It's a lot of stuff, and it jives with a lot of stuff that's been on the podcast before. You just kind of find out about me. You haven't listened to a ton of episodes, have you? Nope. Yeah, so a lot of the things you're saying, without you knowing, I've heard before. Okay, good. So it sounds real similar to stuff I've heard. Okay. So, the way I understand it, and tell me if I'm wrong, this kind of all started for you in the wake of you being involved with another person who had contact with, you know, UFO contact. Well, when I was little, I had my own experiences. So, I've had paranormal experiences prior to dealing with the team on the West Coast. Okay. But when I got connected with the guys on the West Coast and started working with them, they warned me about a lot of things that would occur. They just flat out told me this was stuff that they had not told the public. So, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I, I understand that. I understand you have a big case. Just your case alone is hard to believe. I understand all the stuff you don't want to talk about. But when he's telling me this, I'm in my mind, I'm like, I already know that, but it's good to hear you telling me that. Right. I'm prepared for it. I know what's to come. Or I'm preparing for something to come, something to happen. I was given the, um, the heads up on a lot of things, okay? And it relates to the people I was working with. So, we shot that in 09 of May. You're talking about like a little documentary you made. Yeah, it yeah, ain't really, yeah. it ain't that little. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no. Sorry we, about that. We're talking about a documentary. Yeah, we made. shot yeah. A, a lengthy documentary. It's two parts. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this guy, I mean, just, we, we don't have to name him, but he's dealing with like UFO contact kind of stuff. dealing with flat out contact, straight up. Yeah. No, no hazy uh, sleep paralysis. I'm talking about... Sh- physical contact direct mm-hmm. wide awoke so yeah after i got involved with them you know i i was you know preparing for things to occur but when i got back here on the east coast you know i was going about my normal routine my 40 hours a week doing my schooling two nights a week you know we did that in may i said before we did that in may of 09 okay so i graduated in 2010 may 21st to be exact 2010 and Maybe a week after I graduated, I was sitting in the living room. I was watching a movie. And something I had the, the distinct impression to get up off the couch and go outside and sit down and look at the sky. It just came out of nowhere. I'm like watching this movie. And then all of a sudden, I get this impression. I turn the TV off. I get up. I go outside. Pull the chair out of the kitchen. Put it on the deck that you saw. Mm-hmm. Sat down. And... I don't know, within several minutes, I see a light, but I'm blowing it off because I'm like, that's a plane. I'm just, you know, come on, that can't be. Right. Right? You know, I'm doing a skeptical response to everything, and it happened again, it happened again, it happened again. It was like so calm, and I'm like, nah, you know, I'm still fighting it, still fighting it. So after about, we got to about 30, 40 different accounts that one night, went in, came back out the next night. I'm- 30 or 40 different things you saw in the sky. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. But I'm still blown. Like, I'm just... Dude, if you... If somebody tell you 
you're going to see something in the sky. And you've been on this earth for 30 years, 40 years, but this is your first time seeing it. You're not just going to, not me anyway, I'm not just going to take to that being, oh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight it. Right. So that's what I did. I fought it. Okay, nah. Making up excuses. Came back out the next night, did it again, did it again, did it again. I'm like, now we're going day to day to day to day. We had about two, maybe three weeks. My memory isn't as good as it was several years back, but I say two, three weeks into that. In between three to five, let's say three to five weeks of doing that. One night I just decided, well, let me ask for something specific instead of just lights back and forth. So I said, let me see two of you. Are you literally speaking no, out just, loud or just in your head? You kind of In my head, just mm-hmm. let me see two of you like that. And I say three, three minutes, four minutes. Two appeared side by side. One was in front of it. And they were just moving. And I'm like, okay, that's the first time I've seen two out of all those sightings prior to this. That's the first time I've seen two, and I just asked to see two. Right. I'm like, in my mind, now, I'm, now I can't even, I can't sit there and dispute that skeptically. I'm like, how is that possible? That's a big coincidence. That's right, a coincidence. right. After yeah. all those, and right. if we're doing 30, 40 sightings a night, and we're looking at three to five weeks, you do the math on that, that's a lot of sightings. Right. And it was never two. Before I said that night, let me see two of you, and they appeared and moved. So I'm like, okay. Okay, so now I know you can hear my thoughts. So I did that a couple of times. Got the responses. And then I worked up to three. I said, let me see three of you. And... When I said that, they appeared in a triangle formation. They were already moving when they appeared one by one. Mm-hmm. I wish I could illustrate this on a piece of paper, but when the first one appeared, it was already in motion. So it blinked on and it's moving already. Right. This one did the same thing, blinked on. And then this one. They appeared in a triangle formation one by one, and they all moved to the center of that triangle wow. and out. And when that happened... I bust out laughing and started crying. Yeah, laughing yeah. and crying at yeah. the same time. No, I know that feeling. Right? And I'm like, I can't believe that this is happening. And it's the goose, the goose, even when I talk about it now, the goosebumps, and my eyes water up, and I'm like, I can't believe that this happened. It's no way. Yeah. There's no way I can deny that. Right. And then I went in the house. Right after that happened, I went in the house and just sat on the couch and like just trying to calm down. Like, this is actually a reality. So I'm going in over my head. I'm thinking of movie scenes. I'm thinking of that scene in Close Encounters where Richard Dreyfus is down there. You know, he's crouched down in the rocks and they're coming over in the back behind Devil's Mountain, Devil's Tower. Mm-hmm. And he's seeing the stuff and he laughs and he laughs out loud, put his hand over. That's how I felt. I felt exactly like that. Yeah. I was like, this is a reality. This ain't a movie. Right. This is actually happening. Right here, right where I'm living at. You know, so I'm like, do I run out and tell everybody? If I was a little kid, I would went and told everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm older now and I'm like... This ain't going to play too well with people. Right. You know, so I just kept my mouth quiet about it, man. The only thing my neighbors, like the one you just saw, Brian, the other neighbor, the only thing they can tell you is they always noticed me sitting on that deck. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what I was doing. Right, right, right. But they just always noticed me on the warm months of the year. After 830, I was always out on that deck. If it's seven days in a week, five days, rest assured, I'm on the deck between mm-hmm. 830 and and 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I was always there. Might, might get up, come in the house for a few minutes and come back out. I was doing that on the regular for a long time and that's what I was looking at. And I'm sitting there like, now that I know you can hear what I'm thinking, I'm saying, well, do this and do that. And they're doing it. And I'm like, this is actual contact. 
the thing let's just say the thing with the triangle formation and they moved to the center and out mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine who I was close with the last two years she knows that she knows that symbol oh, so, okay. yeah so I'm like how do you know that and I never told you about that but I know she's in contact so I'm like that must be some type of a brand, a mental brand. Yeah, you know? like a, a symbol they yeah, want to give you or something. Right, yeah. right, because she knew it. She had it on her palm of her hands. Oh. I was explaining to her one day. I was going back and forth. We're on the Internet. We're on the Messenger. I mean, I've talked on the phone, too, but we was on the Internet one day, Messenger, and I was trying to explain what I just told you. Mm -hmm. She sent me a picture with her hand like this, and she had that on her hand. Wow. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks. Thank you for that confirmation. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, is some type of an emblem or a signal that's given to the person receiving it. Now, I don't mind telling people that who have never experienced that. I used to think certain things were sacred, but now I'm like, this is for everybody. I agree. This is how I feel. You know, I agree. Yeah, it, I think this is for everybody, and the ones that receive it good, the ones who can't deal with it, they come around to it. And they, maybe not in this lifetime, but maybe the next life, or their children will be the ones to receive it, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's special people out here, or, or there are people that are privileged, and then I don't believe that. I've said the exact same thing. I said, when you think that way, you kind of get into this idea that certain people have, like, superpowers or something. It's there for all of us. Everybody. You just got to access it. Yeah. And, and, and the, the way I described it before is, like, you know, I might be better at drawing than you, just naturally, but you can practice and get better at drawing. Yep. It's, it's available to everybody. Yeah. So, some people just might... Take just, longer? Yeah, exactly. They might just have to open themselves up more I don't know how to explain it but I think it really is available to everybody I think that's exactly that's exactly it so like when I'm little and I'm trying to learn so I remember wanting to learn how to break dance and couldn't break dance and I'm looking at the TV screen like how are they doing that alright I'm going to go down in the basement pull out some cardboard and I'm going to practice until I get this mm -hmm. and it took four, five, six, seven months but I got it that was me with nunchucks Bruce Lee with nunchucks right. I was like how was he doing that and I just grabbed none, and I hurt myself a bunch. But when I was a kid, I got it eventually. Practice. I got it. Practice I, makes yeah. perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't believe that certain people practice. I think it's for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what the messengers and the prophets that came in the Bible or just throughout time, whatever recorded history or culture, that's what they were. To me, that's what they were. That was one of the messages. This is for everybody. We're going to evolve whether we like it or not. That's how I perceive things to be in mm -hmm. the future. We are going to evolve. We're going to have to deal with this one day. So I'm just saying, I'm talking about it now. I don't have that much time left. You know, I only sure. got another 20 hey. years left. Why not talk about this? I tell people, so certainly it benefits me because my podcast is great to have stories. But I do feel like it's my duty to document this stuff in a way. Like that's my what, something I'm doing for people that follow me. Like again, sure, it's on my podcast. It benefits me. But... It's out there, you know, and, and now it'll be down and people in the future, hopefully, can hear these stories and they can go, oh, that's like something I've experienced or whatever it is. It's so, archived. Yeah. And it can be accessible. Yeah. And that's another reason I'm like, it's about time for me to talk. And, you know, I had a, a scare two years ago. I had a health crisis, like an issue where I was scared. I was like, well, if this is coming or if this is going to come, if this is a possibility, I won't be able to talk about this no more. I think I need to talk about this now. Yeah. I wrote my book. I haven't got it published, but I want to at least get this out there for the record. And I've been doing it tidbits here and there on my little Facebook or whatever. But I write and talked about a lot of stuff that I would keep it to myself, man. You know, I, and I understand why people do that. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like arguing with nobody no more. I'm not into that no more. I had my I had fun with that back, what, 15 years ago? I used to have a blast arguing with people. 
it's just old and played out. Just like boxing to me is old and played out. You know, a lot of things I outgrew. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of them. I'm not arguing with nobody about none of this. I will talk to people who have had experiences and they don't know what they are. If I can share with whatever it is that I might have accumulated from my experience with this stuff, if I can share that with somebody, cool. Right. But to be arguing with skeptics on the internet, that's not going to happen no more. I'm done with that. Yeah. I think this podcast so when I started this podcast I didn't talk about my stuff too much mm-hmm. I'd written books and put other people's experiences in it and that's the one good thing about this podcast I just started I said you know what I can't hide my stuff anymore I gotta talk about it and, and if people think that makes me less believable as an author too bad like this is what happened believe me or don't believe me I don't know what to tell you you know yeah I hear you uh, so I go like with my conscience on certain things like this was 10 years ago I'm like now nah, I'm not going to talk about it now it's like it has to resonate with me or however I'm feeling whatever space I am mentally and now I'm like I think this might be the time you know and let's just get this out there people need to know people do need to know that this is happening right here in your backyard yeah I okay? mean it's well, well that's one of the things I wanted to talk about so it's I'm super happy you reached out to me because this is do you care if I give the town no I don't have this, a problem with that right, at so, all so this is in Hellam York County that this is happening which is a place where that place I talk about, Site 7, is technically in Helm. The Toad Road area is in Helm, Condor's Furnace. All these places that I talk about are right here, right around this area. So when you said this stuff's going on in Helm, it's like my ears perked up. I'm like, oh yeah? Okay. I need to talk about this then. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's talk to Kane, and he has the story of these smoke shadow people. Tonight, we're talking with Kane, who's going to share some experiences with us, mainly about these black cloud people. How are you doing tonight, Kane? I'm doing good. So about when did this happen? And you can be as general as you want when you give the location, but give us a you know a general location or you can be more specific if you want and walk us into the encounter. All right. I guess just to preface this story, I've always been a vivid dreamer. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lucid dreamer, but 
I've always had good dream recollection. So yeah, that's just to preface the story. So this happened in 2012, December. And I was going to school and college at Phoenix, Arizona State University. And my brother, my younger brother, he was going to school in Portland, Oregon area. One winter break, I went back home in northern Arizona. And then my parents were like, you should visit your brother and help him drive back because he just got a new car. So I did. I flew out there that night and got into Portland like late at night, about 10 at night. And we were scheduled to leave the next day because we wanted to get her up and get back. So we didn't have much time to hang out, but he brought me to his dorm. We talked for a little bit and then went to sleep. And we left the next morning at like 4.30 in the morning. It was really early. So it's still dark. And so we started driving back towards Arizona, south from Portland. And I was the first one to drive. So we drove as far as I could go. I was still kind of tired. And then... Somewhere in southern Oregon, I stopped at a rest stop because I needed a nap or something. Mm -hmm. I stopped. My brother was already asleep. I just parked the car and then fell asleep like really quick. And where I was parked, I was facing some wilderness at this rest stop. It was really green. Oregon, those northern states are really green. And there's like some grass and then some tall trees. And... All of a sudden, I started dreaming, but like I was in the same place. I was awake, same exact place, same exact time. But the weird thing was I noticed something in the corner of my eye to my right, on the right side of the vehicle. In the parking lot, I saw two outlines of people, two people. I just knew they had their attention on us, so I didn't want to like look over there. Even in my dream, I was like conscious of this. Not to interrupt you, but you're kind of you're dreaming in place, right? You're, so you're yeah. yeah, so you're you're in the same place in your dream that you are in real life, right? At this point, yeah, yeah. I always find that freaky. But and, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. It is freaky because I've had very few of these types of dreams, but I've never seen like people take notice of me in the dream. Mm-hmm. So this is like I wasn't scared. I wouldn't say I was paralyzed. I was like consciously standing still because I didn't want them to know that I noticed them. So I saw them on the right side of the vehicle, and then all of a sudden they started like moving out of my view towards the back of the vehicle, just like really smooth movement, like I couldn't see no footsteps or anything. My heart started beating a little faster when they were behind the vehicle because I couldn't see them, and I didn't, I didn't want to turn around. And then all of a sudden they were on my side of the vehicle, like right by the door this time. I saw two figures and the way, like the edges were really like hazy. It was like a cloud or a mist or a shadow. Mm-hmm. My heart was starting to beat faster. And then I just woke up and I like looked around. It was like same place, same time of day. And I was like, well, that was weird. My brother was still sleeping and I just shook it off, went to the restroom. And then it was light was barely starting to come up now. And then I just got back in the vehicle warmed it up and took off. So did you get any kind of like feeling off of them or just the fact that they were there was a little bit weird? I didn't get anything. I just knew their attention was on me. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel threatened and I didn't feel 
comfortable. I thought that was cool and weird. We, we still had to drive, so I just forgot about it. And we drove nonstop. It was like 26-hour drive. We went back to my dorm in Phoenix, and we got back there like 8 o'clock the next day. So we drove all day, all night, just taking turns. And finally got back to my dorm, and I was just so freaking exhausted. And I just told my brother, you can put your stuff wherever, and you can sleep on the couch. Just, I just went straight to my room and laid down, and I was out. And then again, I went into a dream, but I was in the same place again, same time. So it was like the same circumstance. So now you're in the dream and in real life. You're both in your dorm room. Yeah. Now I'm in a different place, but same deal. I was mm -hmm. dreaming, but I'm in the same place. And in this dream, so my bed is situated like eight feet away from my closet. And I was just laying on my back on the bed asleep. And then in this dream, I saw in peripherals those same two beings. I knew it. they were the same ones. But now they're in this house in my room and in front of the closet. I wasn't threatened again. I wasn't comforted. I, I just decided to stay still again. And I was just laying there, just noticing them in my peripherals. I didn't want them to notice I noticed them. And, I, and then once again, I wasn't paralyzed. I want to say I was having sleep paralysis. So I felt like I was consciously staying still. And then after a moment, they started to drift towards me. And once again, they had that smooth movement, like they were just floating towards me. The closer they get, like my heart stays, starts beating. But I still don't know what to think of them because I didn't get a feeling like they were going to hurt me. I was just curious about who they are, what they are. And then they got to right by my bed, right by my side. And I'm looking straight up and I can barely see them right there. And then all of a sudden they like bend over to look straight down on me. <laughs> And now I was still focused on them. I wasn't like, it didn't wake me up. The one that was looking right above me, and then the other one was a little lower. But the one right above me, I was like looking directly face to face with it. And I started to see like someone in there. Like I could make out the glistening of eyes. I could make out the shape of a nose. I could see like the little creases of the lips. Wow. And I was like, I don't know, I was just, just staring at this person. Like there is someone in there. And I don't know how long I was looking at the person, but he didn't have no expression. I think it was a he. I couldn't see enough features to be sure of it, but I think it was a he. Just had like a stoic look just looking at me. And then all of a sudden I, I, I woke up. I was just like amazed and awe, but I was still tired. So I just went back to sleep and had like a regular sleep after that. Yeah, I don't know what they were because I didn't get like a threatening vibe. I don't know if they were there to watch over us. I don't know if they were there just curious about us or if they were to harm us, but we drove the whole way safely. Right. Now, when you say you kind of looked into it, did the smoke or the clouds or whatever it was kind of envelop what would otherwise be a normal person? In other words, were they kind of wearing a cloud or smoke suit? Yeah, because that's that's how I imagine it in my brain the next day. Like a person, if they could wear a a full body suit of like a mist or a cloud. Wow. wow. From any 
angle besides looking straight at them. They just look like a outline, a shadowy outline. Mm -hmm. But once I was directly in front of me, I could see the person in there. It's kind of like those screen protectors on phones where at an angle you can't see. It's just a black screen right. until you're looking straight at the phone. It's, it's kind of like kind of like that concept. And I didn't know about shadow people at this time. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Did the blackness of the smoke or the clouds or whatever, did that... Because when people talk about those shadow people, they always say, like, blacker than the night, that kind of thing. Did it have that kind of well, appearance? Man, I, I couldn't say because during both dreams, it was kind of light outside, so they were already darker than... If it was nighttime, I, I probably would have had an answer to that, but mm -hmm. it was, like, during the day. Right. Like, of course, they stuck out from the lightness around. Yeah, mm -hmm. it just wasn't dark. I don't, know. I don't know. It's something about the idea of them being inside that smoke is, yeah. is super cool to me. I That's really just an interesting thing. And the fact that you couldn't see that at an angle, that they had to be. Right. It was only when they were, like, right on you. Yeah, and even the one behind it is a little lower like at my belly area, that one I couldn't see because it was still at an angle. It was just the one right above me that I could see. Still don't know what they were, but mm -hmm. we got there safe. And now I know you said you don't think you were in sleep paralysis either time, but have you experienced sleep paralysis otherwise in your life? Yeah, just like one or two times. One was recent, one was probably way back when I was like in high school or something. Did you see entities during those incidents, or was it just kind of like the paralysis? Yeah, the the recent one was I saw an entity. It Did was, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the recent one, like, so it's still fresh in my mind. And then that was kind of weird too. If you don't mind telling us, what'd you see? Yeah, this one's a different one too that I've never heard stories about. So I was in my room, and something triggered me to like wake up out of my dream, but go into that false awakening state. Mm -hmm. I forgot what triggered me to wake up out of that. Something about a belt buckle. <laughs> that was just some reason triggered me to wake up. But I was in that false awakening. So I was actually in my room. It was dark. And I thought I was awake. And all of a sudden, I hear something at my door. And I thought it was my dad. But then it came into my room. And for some reason, the belt buckle was still on my mind. I was like, why is my dad coming in here to pick up my belt buckle? I was <laughs> just sleep thinking. But I felt like something like touching my feet. And it was... I said, man, that's, that's not my dad. And then I I look down with my eyes, and I see something. It's a really small being, probably like two, two and a half feet tall. And it had a big head, small body, and these long, really long arms. And it was just feeling around my feet. And I was in sleep process because I wanted to say hey. or Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. I was trying to say hey, but I couldn't, and I tried moving, and I couldn't. And... It started making its way up my legs. Oh. I was starting to get a little, trying a little harder <laughs> to move. And it was so hard. It was like trying to move underwater. Mm -hmm. I took a lot of force. I got on one elbow. And by this time, it was at my waist. Once I got my elbow, I, I snapped out of it. And I was actually awake. And that thing was gone. That is so weird. Could you feel it as it came up, as it kind of crawled up your body? Yeah. I could feel it on my feet and just like rustling around the blankets around my leg area. Like it was looking for something. <laughs> wow. 
Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, that was like really early in the morning, so I still had to go back to sleep. So I just smudged my room real quick and wanted to go back to sleep and no problem the rest of the night. Probably a good idea. So do you, <laughs> yeah. do you think these things, these cloud people and this other thing, whatever it was, do you think they're somehow different from like normal dreams? Yeah, I think for sure they are. Because I think when you're when you're dreaming, you're like able to do things with the different body like you're experiencing the same like, same world, but in a different body. Mm-hmm. Like you can see more, feel more, and do more, but you're in the same world. That, that's how I always imagined it. And I think other beings exist on that plane, and then sometimes you interact with them. Yeah, I think you could be right. For some reason, it always gets my attention when I dream in place like that. And it yeah. doesn't happen too frequently, but the few yeah. times it has, it always gets my attention. It's always very strange to to wake up in the same place you are in the dream. Yeah, yeah. I know in that state, you're like, you have the opportunity to like lucid dream, start controlling things, but I, I never can. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. I think you're awake always. <laughs> I think I'm too either interested in what's going on or too ready to believe that it's really happening maybe. I don't know. Yeah, me too. I really like just to let it play out in front of me. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I'll always have a a reason. I'll always make up a reason why these weird things are happening. <laughs> like I always convince myself somehow this makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And, and for some reason in the dream world, it's all like there's nothing weird about it. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. When I had that experience with the two shadow beings, the mm-hmm. two black cloud beings, I really didn't know about shadow people, like it was a thing, right? Until like 2016 or 2017. That's when, like, when I first started listening to podcasts. But I started with like watching old Art Bell episodes on YouTube, mm-hmm. and one of his was on shadow people, and he was talking with this Cherokee elder, and then he he just started explaining all these shadow people. People would submit their stories and he's just explaining that there's different types of shadow beings and then that's when i was like all right i saw two shadow people <laughs> but still i'm glad i learned about it later because when i was trying to make sense of what i saw i was like really attention to detail mm-hmm. what was happening i didn't like oh it's a shadow person right so, so yeah it was a cool experience do you remember if this this fellow that was on the Art Bell show? Did he ascribe like malevolent things to all of them, or no? Um, some of them were, some of them weren't. Mm-hmm. I can't remember all the details, but no, that seems to correspond with what listeners have told me. Because this is one thing I've never seen. I've never seen shadow people, but I've had a number of people tell me. You know, some people get very negative feelings, and other people get very yeah. neutral feelings. I don't know if anybody's got anything super positive. I think some people have felt that they've helped them, but I don't know if that's the mm-hmm. same thing as getting like a, a super positive vibe. I'm not, I don't know, but certainly some people say very negative and some people get like very kind of neutral vibes. Like they're just there. Mm-hmm. And that was your feeling, right? They were just kind of just there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, if you had a chance to see him again, would you see him again? Yeah, I, I definitely would. And the only reason why that story is really, uh, one I want to share is because I saw them once at that rest stop and then hundreds of miles away in Phoenix 
and I see the same exact ones, so they followed us, basically. Right, or it, or they really wanted, you know, they had business with you somehow in some yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And I told my brother that story, and he thinks it probably followed us from his dorm. Like, that's possibility, because he's had his own experiences at that dorm. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, and he, and he didn't tell me that till years later. Like, the first time I told him, uh, he didn't have much to say about it, but after I've told it a couple times, he, like, mentions that. Yeah. Were they sort of shadow people experiences, or were they was it other things? No, he, he probably has a lot more stories than me, and he has some really good ones. Like really creepy ones that happened up there, but his, his involved like a little boy and a grandma. So these two that I saw weren't a little boy and a grandma. It was more like an older man and another tall person. I don't know who the other one was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of spiritual energy up there, and my brother thinks maybe these two of them follow us back for some reason. <laughs> yeah. When the two were leaning over you, you could kind of, when you see the, the the features of the one, you couldn't see any features of the other one because it was at an angle. Is that correct? Yeah. Like it was still like a, like a misty mass. Huh. But you can definitely see the head, the shoulders, arms, but it was just rounded out by this mist. Right. I was like, man, these are either people, physical people, who have this ability to like travel like this or it's some spiritual beings who cloak themselves with this black mist. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's super interesting. All right. So we're going to make the call out. If anybody else has seen that, I would definitely like to hear about it. I think, you know, better than 50% of the time when somebody describes something, somebody else will contact us and say, yeah, I've seen something very much like that. So we'll see. It'd be interesting to see if, cool. if anybody else, because of all the shadow people, you know, you get the, you know, the black than black thing. You get the, the one who wears the hat. Yeah, this is the first I've heard of the the kind of cloud type people. Now we've had things that where the people say they're like inky shadows that look like ink, kind of, but they were like creatures. They weren't like people. They were like squids or something. People yeah. about. or clouds, I think. Yeah, um, like formless, not not clouds of people like you saw. Yeah, it would be cool because once I started hearing more shadow people stories, no one's ever mentioned like they see what it is besides a shadow. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know some people feel really like scared from these beings, and but I, I wonder if all of them you can see inside them if you like face them face to face. Right. Yeah. I really want to know now, and, and I'm fascinated by them again because because I've never seen anything like them. The things I've seen been other weird things but uh but never never saw these things so very very fascinating we'll we'll put the call out we'll see if anybody else has seen anything like it kane thanks so much for sharing your stories for sure thanks for having me on absolutely if shadow people have puppies they probably need help training their puppies where would they go for that some sort of etheric puppy. <laughs> 90 days to etheric puppies. 90 days to the perfect shadow puppy? Yeah. If you have a puppy, though, it's probably not a shadow puppy. It's probably a real puppy. And you might need help training your puppy. You can get that from 90 days to the perfect puppy 
They have a relationship-based approach to training, which helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy has online sources like video lessons. They have a secret Facebook group. Some say it's super secret. It may just be secret. Yeah, I don't know the levels of security that are involved in puppies. <laughs> you can join that and interact with other puppy owners. They may have similar problems to what you're having and they may offer solutions. And of course, there's one-on-one -on -one options available. You can find them at sithappens.us. There's a 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. 90 days to the perfect puppy can help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become pretty good for each other. No, perfect for each other. <laughs> Again, that's sithappens.us. Look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. Now we're going to talk to Frank, who has these more simian-like smoke creatures with these weird, twisted, exaggerated faces that look like ritual masks or something. Tonight we're talking with Frank, who has some really interesting stories about these encounters with which you term kind of smoke creatures, but the descriptions of these things are really intense and really interesting. So I'm, I'm really excited to get this story down. Frank, how are you doing tonight? Yeah. Hey, Tim. I'm doing well. Thanks. I'm, I'm glad to be on. So when did this start? So this started, I started seeing these things probably sometime in like 2018. And um, the first time I saw them, it was like, it was probably summer of 2018. And I was sitting in my bedroom, and it was a different apartment than I live in now. Um, it was kind of like a ground-level apartment. So the window in my bedroom looked out back to like uh, kind of like an alleyway because I'm in, I'm, I'm in New York City. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like a backyard or anything, but it was an alleyway, and there was like, you know, some trees and some shrubs and stuff like that. Yeah, the first time I saw them, I was just – I was sitting in my room, and I was kind of – it's hard to describe, but I guess I was kind of in this like trance state. I don't, I don't really know what else to call it, but it's something that I do, you know, in meditation or just things that kind of happen throughout the day. Like this kind of state of consciousness will just will just come. And so I was like laying down. It was nighttime. I had my bedroom window open, so it must have been like I don't know September or something. And as I'm laying on my bed, I get this sense of almost like sleep paralysis that comes. And I've had sleep paralysis before, but when it happens, when I'm quote unquote, like awake, it, it just, it feels a little different. It's like, I know that I'm not asleep and I know that I'm not about to enter sleep. It's just like this, almost this like bodily state comes on. It's, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but basically I was laying down and out from my back window, there's, there was like a patch of bamboo in the backyard or, or in this alley. And out from this bamboo, I just saw this like black humanoid shape just come out of this small patch of bamboo and it ends up kind of like crawling or it, it was like this weird walk it wasn't quite a crawl but it wasn't like walking either it was kind of hunched over and this i just see this face in my window and it looked like it's it's so hard to describe it looked like I had sent you some pictures of some masks, right? Mm -hmm. These like Tibetan masks that I had found or these like Southeast Asian masks that I had found. Yeah. And it kind of looked like that where it had these like big eyes, this big grin, like it's a red, like red lips and this like big toothy grin. 
and I saw its head and I saw kind of like its two hands on the windowsill, almost like it was like peeking up or something. As soon as I saw it, it was just like my stomach dropped because like I had seen it coming, but as soon as I saw its face, like my stomach dropped and I don't think anything else happened after that, but it was just like, I saw this thing in this flash, then kind of, I guess I shook myself out of this state, whatever it was. And then I was just like in my room on my bed with the lights out and I was pretty freaked out. Yeah. Like, and then after that, these, not the same face and not the same creature or whatever spirit, I, I guess I, I, I think of it as a spirit, but uh, whatever these, these things are like this genre of spirit, if we're going to call it that, I've just like seen them a lot ever since then. And it's different from the other kind of, you know, spiritual work that I do, where I, I, I do spirit work, I do some like mediumistic work, but usually it's like, you know, what you're contacting or, you know, what you're trying to contact or, you know, or like you are in some way initiating contact. Mm-hmm. And these, when I see them, it's not like that at all. It's just like, I'll just be sitting there on my couch or something. And all of a sudden, uh, like something, it feels like something walks into the room. You know, it's, it's, it's very odd. Soon thereafter, it must've been like maybe 20, I guess like fall of 2018. It was not very long after. Same thing. I was in my bedroom, except this time I was getting ready to go to sleep. So I was like laying down in bed. The lights were off. The window was not open this time, (laughs) but I remember just like, Again, feeling almost like that that feeling of like slipping into sleep paralysis where I kind of know it's coming and I kind of almost have a choice is like, do I want to let this this wave of sleep paralysis come on or do I want to like shake myself out of it? And so I kind of just like let it come on. And in this instance, it was very interesting. It was like probably it seemed like, I don't know, like 20 of these things in my room. Wow. But they were, like, all different sizes, all different shapes, like, colors and shapes. But they all had this same, like, style of, of face. And they all had this, like, human body or humanoid body. They, they almost reminded me of, like, I don't know, like, cartoons or something. It was weird. It had this, like, weird, like, surreal look to them. And they were, like, sitting on my dresser. And one of them was, like, at the foot of my bed. Another one was sitting at my desk chair. And, like, they were just, like, it was weird. It was, like, these goofy, like, Muppet-looking things in my room. And at this point, like, I, I I guess I must have fallen asleep after that because I don't remember, like, waking up out of it or shaking myself out of it. But I just remember kind of, like, what felt like maybe, I don't know, a few minutes of just kind of sitting there and almost, like, observing these spirits in my room. Like, just, just kind of, like, I, I, I don't know, just coexisting, right? It didn't feel menacing. It didn't, like, it wasn't the same feeling like the first time where I felt scared. Mm-hmm. They were just there. So that was pretty weird. There were like other times as well where I would be like laying down in my living room in that same apartment. That apartment, I mean, this is a whole separate story. That apartment was like crazy. There was there was a lot of activity that happened there. But I was sitting in my living room and the way that my apartment was set up, it was like the living room was in the front and there was like a big open space and then a skinny little hallway that led back to like the kitchen and the bedroom and the bathroom. And this hallway was just like a very liminal, active zone i i would jokingly refer to it as like the mouth of hell to my friends because just weird would always go down in this hallway so like i was laying down with my and i was facing that hallway and i had like i was laying down on my back on the couch and i saw another one of these things and it was the same feeling of like i knew that i was awake but it was almost like this feeling of sleep paralysis was like you know taking over this one did scare me and it looked like 
this apartment had very tall ceilings. It was like a very old New York City apartment. So like probably like 10 foot ceilings. Mm -hmm. This thing looked like it was like its head was at the ceiling. It had the same weird face, this kind of like these big bug eyes, like these big red eyes and this weird smiling mouth. And this time it was weird because I was not actually, now that I think about it, I was not in the dark. It was like there were lights on in the room. So I almost saw like, I guess it's it's outline or, or it's shape and more definition. And this one was like, weirdly transparent where it had the same like humanoid body with what looked like either like black fur or black like hair except it looked like smoke like it looked like its body was made of smoke and not the kind of smoke that like a campfire makes or something but almost like again it's like it had this cartoonish quality so like do you know in like peanuts how there's like pig pen and he has the little like dust clouds behind him yeah yeah it was like that it looked like these like squiggles these like weird uh, like a mess of lines almost it's like very just it looked like a drawing it was it was very strange it appeared like in the entrance way to that hallway which was already a spooky place and it just started like not even floating just like gliding very very slowly across the living room just towards me and at this point i must have been in like full sleep paralysis because it because my body like i couldn't move i couldn't shake myself out of it at this point it just felt like i was like along for the ride at this point mm-hmm. and it came so 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 close to me like next to the couch and it just stood over me and like looked down at me and i just remembered feeling that same kind of sleep paralysis thing of just that danger that sense of like almost i guess what must be like fight or flight right just this like primal kind of like oh god there's something in here that feels like dangerous to me Mm -hmm. or or or, or i feel in danger in response to this thing whatever it is so that was pretty weird and that one i again i kind of it becomes fuzzy like the exact aftermath of exactly what happened after all these because for me at least when i enter like a state of consciousness like that it kind of disorients me afterwards and it kind of like takes me out of it. So I don't really remember what I did after that, but it was late. It was night. So I, I must have, I don't know. I must have just got up and gone to bed and I lived alone while, while all these things were happening. So it was just me in the apartment. Yeah. That's kind of a weird feeling to come out of one of these experiences and then just be like, okay, I have to go brush my teeth and go to bed now. Right. <laughs> so it's right. pretty weird. Those were a few of kind of the noteworthy examples of when I would see these things. So in your initial email, you kind of described them as smoke creatures. Yeah. Does that just apply to that last one you described? Or did they all have this kind of not quite all the way physical kind of appearance to them? Yeah. Like, I, I, I will say, like, I don't think that there was physically this thing in my in my apartment. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I, that, that, and even when I saw it coming out of the, the bamboo, like, I don't think that these were a physical thing. And because they all appeared slightly differently some of them did, like some of the ones that I saw in my room that night, that there was like multiple of them, did also look like they had this kind of like smoky textured body. I never have gotten the sense that they are material things right, sitting there in right. front of me. Yeah. So the last story that I mentioned was probably the most prominent where the body looked like basically tr- semi-transparent and had this smoky quality to it. So that was like, that. that's the most noteworthy one of those. Yeah. So the photos you sent me, the kind of, you know, look like their faces. You said these were mm-hmm. kind of like Tibetan ritual masks. Yeah. So, yeah. Or like um, performances too. Sometimes I found other masks that would be used in, you know, in theater, right? Like okay. where one mm-hmm. of them is like represents a frog or one of them, like different animals they can represent um, different roles within, 
within these dramas that at least the ones that I found. Right. And they're very exaggerated and kind of grotesque and yeah. huge teeth and, and mm-hmm. just, you know, goggle eyes and, and it's really, really creepy. Yeah. And you know, another example, like, cause I've tried to explain these to other people and like, I've tried to come up with other references. So like another, um, have you ever seen the show Samurai Jack? Do you know about the show? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I love Samurai Jack. It's awesome. But you know, like, Aku's face, the bad guy? Mm-hmm. It looked like that. Like, that is the quality of what these faces looked like. Where it's, like, again, like, these this kind of these exaggerated features, like you said. Like, big teeth, big mouth, big nostrils, big eyes on this, like, regular-sized head. So it just looks, like, uncanny and weird. When's the most recent time you've seen these things? So that's that's a good question. Um... There was like this, I guess, like this this period where I saw them a lot back in like 2018, and then it kind of like died down after that. But also at that point, I was like, I was like afraid of seeing these things, so I think that was like feeding into it as well. There was like a fear component to it. Mm-hmm. But recently, when I contacted you again, I had kind of gotten to this place where I was like, okay, like, and I mean, like I said, I do other kinds of spirit work and stuff, so like I have done other kinds of development on myself and how I think about these things, and so. In response to emailing you saying like, hey, like we should chat, I saw another one and it was really, this one was very different than the others. Again, it was like this similar vibe, like same same kind of genre, same shape, but this one was probably like less than a month ago at this point. I was sitting in my little, I have like a little like um, like second bedroom that I use as like a, an office or like a study or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting in here. And I was meditating and I was sitting on, I have this like meditation cushion that I sit on and stuff. So I was sitting at the cushion, had my eyes closed and it was the same thing where I felt this kind of like this feeling of, I mean, it's it's not sleep paralysis because I wasn't asleep, but that's just the only word I have for it. It's like this sleep paralysis feeling came over again. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to accept it. I'll see what happens. And this time it was like, I saw another one of these things and it was the first time I had seen it in a long time. This one was like orange in color, but not like um not like a bright orange, kind of almost like a muddy orange, like a mm-hmm. ruddy orange. And this one had very long what looked like hair covering its body. Except it moved in this very weird way where it's almost like have you seen those you know when they do like uh I feel like behind the scenes like Pixar's movies they'll show you like the, the bloopers where, where someone's hair like the the physics of some of some character's hair goes crazy and starts moving in all these crazy directions yeah yeah looks yeah. like worms or whatever so like that's what this thing's hair looked like and it was just like slowly walking into the room behind me and yeah the, the hair had this weird quality to it it was almost like defying gravity it had this weird uh, similar face just big eyes big mouth and then as it got closer i saw that the hair was like tiny snakes. Oh, weird. And it just looked like it was covered in like a writhing mass of snakes. It was pretty weird. And I just didn't know what to do. I, I, I was not like as afraid in this instance, because again, like I've said, I feel like I've tried very hard not to have fear responses in, in, in response to these things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was pretty weird. And I saw it. And then it was the same thing. We're kind of like, after that, my, I don't want to say like my vision, but like my mind's eye just went blank after that. It spontaneously came. I saw it, it, this thing approached behind me, and then it was gone. Um, and then it was almost like nothing. Just just this feeling of, yeah, this feeling of like tingliness in the body or this feeling of, um, I don't know. It's, it, it's so hard to describe. It's really hard to describe. But that was the last time I saw it was, was probably a few weeks ago at this point. 
So you're in the same apartment? No, actually. So that was another thing. I moved and I'm in a completely different apartment. This apartment feels entirely different. And this was the first time I had seen one of these spirits, whatever it is, uh, in this new apartment. So Mm -hmm. that was, that was interesting. Yeah. So I kind of get what you mean by sort of like coming to terms with this stuff. I may or may Mm -hmm. not have done so with my little gray friends. Sure. Uh, But we'll see. Yeah. But when you initially were getting these, you know, kind of fear responses or or these negative uh, feelings, for instance, the one that, that came and stood over you and looked down. Yeah. Do you think that this was just your response to something that's, you know, so unusual and so, you know, like shouldn't be there kind of thing? Or do you think there was some kind of negative intent from the entities? So that's a really good question. And I think it opens up a lot like, okay, it it spills into a lot of how I think of, I think my spirituality, the paranormal, etc. is like, I think that the things that we see when we're doing this kind of work or like this kind of spirit work is pretty much an image that is being filtered through our own like language of symbols and image, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like how Jung thinks of it. That's, that's kind of how I think of these things. Mm -hmm. So I believe that this was probably something external to me that appeared in a way that I would understand it. And my reaction to it was also from me. So I don't know that like this or any other, I mean, my goodness, shouldn't say any other spirit, but like this thing, I don't think was coming at me to like attack me or hurt me or something like this. Mm -hmm. But the emotional response that I had to it probably says a lot more about me than it does about this thing. I mean, this Um, may be the case across the paranormal, you know, with all of us, you know, it's, it's certainly possible. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. And and I definitely think that since doing that kind of work to recognize that, that like you can, you can almost, I don't want to say that you can choose how you react, but you kind of can to an extent if you're mindful of it, I feel like, where if you choose to look at something with fear, it's going to reverberate fear in you and it's going to like, and, and, it, and it will appear more fearful than it really is. I found this to be true, even, you know, externally when, when I go out on you know bigfoot mm-hmm. investigations you know brother richard said something very similar to me i forget if it was the first or the second time we talked mm-hmm. and it, it really kind of hit home and i thought well you know i need to adjust the way i approach things yeah and i can tell you you know sure it gets it still gets scary when i'm out there so it's just yeah. you know scary stuff sometimes but my reaction is far less than it used to be that complete freak out is not there it's more like okay you know, this is happening mm-hmm. and you need to deal with like your reaction, you meeting me, you know, uh, yeah, I had yeah. to deal with my own reactions to it. Absolutely. I think if you go out there thinking this was horrible and frightening and, and a scary place, some of that in some measure you're going to get back. Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, I have a lot of experiences that reflect that as well. Can I tell one like tangent story that kind of illustrates that? Sure. Absolutely. So one time, this happened pretty recently as well. This was in my, my, my current apartment where I am now. I'm also a writer and like a poet. So I was doing some writing on my bed and it was late at night. I'm kind of a night owl, so I just always stay up. But I was sitting on my bed and it was the same thing, like the same feeling of almost like this sleep paralysis that came over me. And I just saw this like image of this, of this face and I just drew it like out of almost like automatic. I just, I just drew what it looked like. And when I was done drawing it, it had this weird, almost like... It, it looked like a, it looked like a weird version of like somewhere between like a bug, but and a like a gray, like what you would imagine like a gray alien like head to look mm-hmm. like, right? That kind of like teardrop shape. 
And I saw that and I was like, that's pretty weird, but okay. And it gave me a name. It, and it was just, it was very, very interesting. So that night, then I go to sleep. I had this really interesting dream where in my apartment, my current apartment, there's an entrance to the backyard that's all the way in the back of the of the apartment. So I, the dream started all the way in the back and I saw out back, there was this huge white deer and it was like a doe, didn't have antlers. It was just this big white deer and it was in my backyard. And I turned around and then I looked back and every time I would turn around and look back, it was like further inside my apartment. Hmm. So first it appeared at the door, then it appeared at like the threshold to the kitchen. And then it appeared at like the threshold to, you know, the hallway or whatever. And... There were other details, whatever, but finally in the dream, the dream ended where I was now in bed. I was in my bed and this deer, this doe had appeared at the door to my bedroom. It was this moment of just like, we, it was almost like we just met, we, we made eye contact with each other and nothing was said, but the, the impression that I got was kind of like what we just said, where it's like, you can choose to look at these things through a lens of fear, or you can choose to look at these things through a lens of love. And the way that things play out from there is largely based on your reaction and, and how you have that initial reaction to it and how you sit with it and how and, and what you choose to do with that afterwards, right? And then I woke up and it was and, and I remembered it very vividly and I was a little bit freaked out, but it was it was just really it was really interesting because the face of this deer in the dream, after I woke up and looked back, it's like it had the same face shape as this thing that I had drawn, this kind of oblong face with eyes that were high up and kind of small. And it was just, it was very interesting, very interesting coincidence, if nothing else. I, you know, deer are another one of these animals like owls. In fact, Mike Clellan said to me, you know, somebody needs to write the deer book. That mm-hmm. he, that, he said, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. I wrote the owl book. He said, it's mm-hmm. not going to be me. Yeah, somebody needs totally. to write the deer books. It's, it's powerful symbolism with deer yeah. as well. Yeah. I guess all that to, to, to illustrate the point that we were just talking about. So, before seeing these smoke creatures and so mm-hmm. forth, and, and I will probably come back to those because I, I find them incredibly interesting. But before sure. that, did you have sleep paralysis in your life? Yeah, I did. So, okay, so I'll give you like an abridged version because there's a lot of them. But basically, when I was really young, I don't ever remember having sleep paralysis, but I do remember, I, and I know that this is you know confirmed by like my parents and everything, that I would sleepwalk. And so I have memories as a child of like, waking up in strange parts of my house, usually just like crying hysterically for one reason or another. And I don't remember like a a ton of like specific images, but one time it happened, I woke up and I was next to the front door of the house, like basically laying on like the tile, you know, little foyer. I remember looking up in the darkness and seeing like like what looked like an adult sized person just sitting on the floor next to me. I don't remember seeing any features. I don't remember seeing like, you know, I don't remember it wearing clothes even. It was almost just like a shadow of like a person. And I don't remember feeling scared. I don't remember anything like that. I just remember kind of, I was crying and I got up and, and, I, and I started walking upstairs. And that's all I remember from that. So I've had like weird things like that happen in my childhood. And then for a long time, nothing really, to be honest. Like when I was a teenager, even like my early 20s, I had become... Okay, another abridged story. But I was very, like, I was weirdly, like, very Catholic as a child. I don't know why. Like, my family's Catholic, but I just really adopted uh, Catholic imagery as something that I really loved as a kid. I was, like, very fascinated by it. And then when I was, like, a teenager, early college, I was, I became an atheist and I was, like, you know, doing my rebellion thing. And then eventually I, I came back to my spirituality. And around that same time, 
I guess I was probably like 24. I was in a different apartment and I remember, yeah, it was the same kind of deal where it was just at night. Uh, I was getting ready to go to sleep. I remember it was summer because the AC was on. So it kind of has this din, like, you know, those window ACs make a lot of noise. So as I was getting ready to go to sleep, I looked directly across the room where my closet was and the closet door was open. And so there was just like the shadow, you know, of, of the opening. And all of a sudden, I just felt this like, and this was like immediate, just like being almost like that a feeling of just like being pulled underwater or something, where it was like, I went from being totally normal state of consciousness to just now you're in sleep paralysis. And I didn't know what it was. I had never experienced it. So my heart was just like racing. And I remember being like, so, so scared. And in the closet was a thing that a lot of people have described where it was almost like this blacker than black set of like three figures Mm. you just see like three outlines of a figure the one in the middle was taller Mm -hmm. and had what looked like a hat so like okay this is very like now i've done a lot of research obviously like i know that this is a thing but at the time i was like what is this right yeah 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 and yeah i was just i was really panicked and then all of a sudden like i started having like auditory hallucinations where the sound of the ac became like a very menacing noise. It sounded like a motor or like an engine that was like revving louder and louder. And then I started hearing out of like these AC noises, I heard them saying my name. I heard my name being said. I heard like in this gravelly deep voice, just like Frank, Frank, this like deep, deep eerie voice. And I don't know how I must've, I must've, my body just must've went into shock. Cause I remember literally like, as if I had got zapped by lightning, I like jumped out of the bed and I was like full adrenaline, like really, uh, just really panicked, um, to be honest. And I was with my partner at the time and he was, he, he was in bed as well. And I kind of woke him up. I was like, I think I just had sleep paralysis. Like I, I, I have no idea what that was. And I, I don't know, I, I must've been up for like four hours after that. Cause I was just so freaked out. And then after that, it just started becoming a regular thing where like every, I won't, not even every other month, but like every few months, still to this day now, it just happens where I'll just mm-hmm. have a sleep paralysis incident and it's something different. It used to be very scary, but now I feel like I've, um, you know, I'm still, it's, it's not perfect. It still is a fear response sometimes, but right. I have tried to do the same thing where it's like, okay, this is what's happening right now. Let me accept it. Let me not freak out and let's just see what happens. So, so yeah, I still have them now. Uh, since, um, or do there always or do there often seem to be entities involved when you have sleep paralysis incidents? Yes, uh, at least for me, yes. Yeah. It's usually like a there's some kind of like shadowy, you know, mm-hmm. person, right? This man with the hat and kind of like he like I've seen this and I don't know if it's a man, I don't know, but this this figure with a hat, I've seen many times. I left out one story I'm just realizing in regards to these smoke things. When we're tapping into like sleep or dream or or trance or, or meditation or whatever it is, I feel like we're activating like a very like creative part of ourselves, right? Like like we're, like things are being literally manifested, you know, before our eyes. So it's mm-hmm. it, it's very creative to me. And so one time, I this this was probably like the fall of again fall of like 2018, soon after I had first started seeing these things, I went to a museum. And uh, it was a museum of one of my favorite artists in Denver. And it was just, it was wonderful. It was a great museum, the Clifford Still Museum. I would highly recommend it. And in the museum, they had like an activity room. And one of the things that they uh, had were what are called like, that they called trading cards. So basically it was like a little like index card. 
and you would draw something or you'd create you know an image on it and then you'd put yours up on a bulletin board and you'd take someone else's that that they had left behind and you know you put your name on it and it was kind of cool it was like a cool little um I, I, I thought it was a cool little uh, activity. So I decided to do it. I was like, I sat down and I started drawing. And at the table over for me was like, um, was, was, was an older woman and, and what seemed to be like her grand, her, her, her granddaughter. Um, and so I drew, you know, what I did. And, and, and it was right around when I had seen these things. So I did this really gnarly representation of like the faces that I had seen. And I used like, you know, pieces of construction paper and staples. And I made it look like kind of you know, just gnarly, just like mm-hmm. a way to get it out. Cause that was just the first thing that came to my mind. And as I was drawing the woman who's at the table next to me looks over, she goes, Oh my gosh, my granddaughter drew just almost the same exact thing. Oh. And I look over and she's this little girl who like, we had not looked at each other's tables. I literally just saw them there. She drew basically the exact same face that I had drawn. And that was like, it just sent a weird chill down my spine. Cause I was like, did this idea like jump from my head to yours? Like how, how did this occur that like we're right. both just drawing this same weird face in this uh, ostensibly anonymous place? So that was super weird. Uh, this gets into the whole, you know, Jungian idea of imaginal versus imaginary as yeah. well. And, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. I mean, Jung is a, what a fertile field he plowed for us. Oh know? yeah. I mean, I could, I could talk about him all day. He's, he's wonderful. I think that his way of seeing things and his way of understanding the self and, and, and these things that we experience, you know, the numinous, whatever you want to call it, I think there's a lot of wisdom there, you know, it may, it may not all be quote unquote correct, but there's a lot of wisdom in his approach. Yeah, I, I think so. I read his treatise on UFOs, which he wrote, mm-hmm. what, the mm-hmm. late 50s or something mm-hmm. in preparation for where the footprints end. And mm-hmm. it is not outdated at all. I mean, yeah. like, like his his uh, take on it is very modern and very... Uh, yep applicable i think to today's take on you know those of us who have moved beyond the the little scientists from other planets oh yeah that's that's you're definitely right i think you're onto something there i think you're definitely right really really interesting i'm fascinated by these things please keep in touch let us know uh going forward your experiences yeah i definitely will tim it's been a pleasure i appreciate it thank you for sharing your stories frank yeah no problem tim have a good one If you like what we do on Strange Familiars and you want to help us make more Strange Familiars and you want to get more Strange Familiars besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We just dropped a patron episode last week. I think it was the 75th one. So there's 75 patron episodes you get as soon as you sign up. And then we're doing new patron shows every month, trying to do two every month for our patrons. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There's different tiers of support there. If you want material stuff like t-shirts and stickers and pins and so forth, you can get that. Or you can just sign up to get the extra content. If you want to help us out and you don't like a subscription service like Patreon, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. Just go to the show notes under any episode. Look for a paypal.me link. Click that and you can make a one-time donation there. I want to thank our patrons very much and everybody who helps out the podcast. Thank you all so much. It means the world to us. We could not make Strange Familiars without our patrons. Curiosity of the Week. This is our third try because I kept pulling out other Curiosities of the Week that we decided we wanted to keep. (laughs) (laughs) We have a whole stack of ephemera. 
So remember, I don't know if it was the first or second one we did was a, a fortune-telling postcard. It was for a particular month. Here's another one, but it's not based on the month. This is a whole fortune-telling project, a whole fortune-telling craft project in the form of a postcard. It seems a little bit like, what were those like triangular folded things you did as a kid to find out based on your favorite color when you lifted the thing, you'd find out if you lived in a mansion, an apartment, a shack, or a house. Right, right. <laughs> so you put this little project together, and then you get the answers to several important questions. Yeah, so you're basically making a little spinner like we had for board games when we were kids. Cut out the arrow and stick a pin through its center in the center of circle one. Let it turn, and the answer will be yes or no for whatever you ask. And the number shows how often it has to turn in circle two, which gives you the name of the person you marry. Circle three, his business. Circle four, how many children you should have in your married life. So I guess this is for women, I mean, presumably. Yeah, I did try it, and it did come up with uh, podcast hosts. So it Was that one of the options? Mm-hmm. Your fortune teller, Oracle, if you go to the show notes under this episode, you'll see an image of this postcard. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can buy this Curiosity of the Week. I believe there's one other Curiosity of the Week there as well. There's several of the photos of the week. We were doing the photo of the week. We got several of those up there. And of course, while you're on Etsy, you can get copies of my books signed, my art books. You can get original art. You can get Strange Familiars t-shirts. Some of my CDs are up there. Check it out. Our shop name is Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff should come up. While you're on Etsy, make sure to check out Chad Shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors, and our friends at Karmic Garden, who have the Strange Familiars and Flannel Man scents of soaps and much, much more. All right, that'll be it for this episode of Strange Familiars. We'll be back soon with more. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. You can hear more or purchase music by Stone Breath at stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars gathering group. We're on Instagram at strangefamiliars, one word. Like all of our pictures everything we put up make sure to like go back in time and like every single one and follow us there please and you can find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com in 2019 the first strange realities conference took place in nashville tennessee the pandemic and turmoil the following year could not stop 2020's conference from thriving in cyberspace as a live streaming event now for 2021 the third annual strange realities conference will combine these worlds into a paranormal hybrid event live in person in nashville and streaming online join us in exploring just how truly strange our reality can be with an interdimensional lineup of speakers presenting unique and intellectual perspectives on magic mysteries and the paranormal
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.